Matt, how are you feeling? I mean, I'm all right. I've been better, but we move on. It's fine. It's fine. How does it feel to be a to be a fan of a team that that loses? That no, Alabama's what lost a game what back to back years. Mm -hmm. So how how does it feel to be a regular college football fan to where your team loses a game? Uh, (laughs) I mean, if you look at it, Alabama's only won two national championships when they went undefeated. So humble brag. You know, go screw and that, well, uh, in the Saban era, I should say. How many times um, has Alabama given up 50 points in the Saban era? Never. That's the first. Not since 1907. <laughs> wow. wow. Against Sewanee. Against Sewanee. Wow. Pulling out the mm-hmm. almanacs for this one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, every everybody yeah. and their mother are tweeting it on uh, the Twitter sphere. Wow. Right now. USC lost, dude. Do you see Caleb Williams crying? He cried? That was that. Yeah, that was, was a really good that. game, too. He was that was like, a great game. I didn't really watch any of it. That was a great game. I didn't watch any of it either, but I went back and watched the replay. I watched the whole second half of it. I mean, you know, listen, I mean, USC played a good team. So, I mean, that's kind of what what I expected. I had a feeling the atmosphere in Salt Lake would be too much for them. Like, USC's a really good team. They're a good team. They're They're a good football team. team. They're absolutely a top 10 team. I think they're better than Utah, too. But playing in Salt Lake City, the atmosphere there is always really good. Yeah. They always play really well. Um, Freaking... What's his name? What's the quarterback's name? Four. Utah. Cam Rising. Cam Rising. Cam Rising had the best game I've ever seen from a Utah quarterback. Didn't he, that's the guy that chose tech, uh, Tom Herman over um, Lincoln Riley when he was in Norman, I think. He said, no, I'm just, I'd rather go play for Tom Herman. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He He's a stud quarterback. He's very good. Mm. He's very good. He's actually a lot better than I thought he was. But they're, I mean, Utah, I think, is disappointed a little bit. Compared to what everybody thought they would do, because everybody thought they'd run through the Pac-12. Uh, I think. Granted, I also think the Pac-12 is a lot better than people thought they would be. I think last year was a um, bit of a lightning in a bottle type situation yep. for Utah. I didn't, I, I didn't expect them to be what they were last year. Well, so this is about this is about what I expected. Yeah, everybody else did though, which is really surprising. Like that, that was their big thing. They were top six team. Everybody thought they were going to be the team to go undefeated, make the playoff. A lot of people had them in the playoff as that number four team. Um, and I, I just didn't really see it with me. It's like Utah doesn't recruit well enough to be a top 10 team two years in a row. And they might end up top 10. They might prove me wrong this year, but cause they're a good team. Well, what are they ranked right now? What? Tw- uh, uh, I think they're 12 now. No, I thought USC was 12, uh, 14, 14 or 15. I think they're 15. No, they're probably like 15. Yeah. Cause you're right. Cause USC, USC dropped from six to 12. Yep. Yeah. Yep, something like that. And yeah, then, yeah. Um, yeah, because I was going to say, I know they didn't put Utah over USC, which I like because Utah has two losses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it so, makes, which it, makes it, sense. It makes yeah. sense. How did Georgia look? You, you watching the Georgia game? I did not at all. I went back yeah. and watched the replay. That's surprising. Yeah, when I got back Sunday, I watched the whole replay on because um, I record them on YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. But it was during the Alabama Tennessee game. I was up in Gatlinburg this weekend. <clears throat> so, of course, we went and watched it at a bar. They didn't have the Georgia game on anywhere. So. I tried to watch it on my phone, but the service really wasn't great up there either. Uh, but I mean, it was. I mean, we won fifty-five to zero. It's oh, okay, you blanked him. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, Makes Stetson sense. threw for two hundred and eighty-nine yards. I think he had five touchdowns. It's the first time he's had a passing touchdown in four weeks. Really? And he, wow. and he threw five. Yeah. Stetson first, hasn't looked good ever since he had that really good game against whoever it was that we were like, oh wait, wait a second, Oregon? he's been awful. <laughs> well. He, he is not, not. He has not been awful. 
He's been awful, fine. He's he's been fine. Well, considering people were like, "Oh, Stetson's going to win the Heisman," blah, 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 blah. Well, he's looked awful. So yes, I agree is, with you, Matt. He's still top three in the SEC in passing yards, though. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, he's he has more passing yards than Bryce Young does. I'm pretty sure. Um, Bryce Young also didn't play. That's what game. I'm saying. <laughs> that doesn't mean. Well, even before that, he did. Game. But he did. He did before that too. Okay. I mean, also I, look I, at like, Georgia strength. I'm just, Georgia strength I'm just saying Setson Bennett's better than Bryce Young. That's all I'm saying. Right, right. And Hendon right. Hooker. Right, so, right. So, speaking uh. of Bryce Young, dude had a phenomenal day. I watched that entire game from start to finish. Um, I actually think it's the first time I've watched an Alabama game this year from start to finish. Just because in their bigger games so far, I usually have something going on. I've had the golf tournament. I've had going to other games, whatever. And, um, I mean, I... Despite the fact that they lost that game, I thought Alabama looked pretty good, but Tennessee's offense is just unreal this year. I mean, this is like a, I'm not going to say historic offense, because I feel like we say that about at least one team every single year. Every year. Yeah, but like Hindenhunker's very good. Josh Heupel's system is unbelievable. I mean, what he's done with that team, that the, the team that pretty much was recruited by Jeremy Pruitt, there's not a lot of transfers in there. There's a couple, but I mean, Hindenhunker's a transfer. Um, they had the guy from USC, Brew McCoy, is a transfer. Besides that, it's all guys that Pruitt recruited, um, especially that re- the receivers. And they've been good. And this is Pruitt's what second or third year? What's well, Josh Heupel now? No, not Pruitt. Oh, Heupel. Heupel year two. This is Heupel. Heupel year two. Yep. Year two. Hendon Hooker year two also. And he so, didn't even start last year. This just goes game. to show, Oklahoma fans, don't say fire your coach in the first year because you got to give the guy at least to what. Two, three years. Yeah. I mean, they had a pretty good year last year, though, too. Yeah, but yeah. They were like, I think they ended up seven and five. Yeah. But they were, I mean, they were good. They had a top five offense last year. Matt, what kind of uh, things did you see from Alabama that was? Too many penalties. Too many penalties. Too many penalties. Mistakes. But yeah. I mean, it, it. this is the most penalized Nick Saban team I've ever seen in my entire life. And, Alabama is literally last in FBS in penalties. Like they've, they, they, they're like, which means they're the worst at committing penalties. Like it that was, the, that was the killer. I mean, even, even late in the game, uh, you know, there was just a lot of undisciplined play and it was the same thing against Texas. You know, whenever you have an opportunity to get off the field and get off on certain drives, you've got to be able to do it. And if you, Creating creating penalties to give them second and third opportunities at third down plays, or giving them free first downs whenever you stop them on third down, uh, you're you're not going to be able to to win games that way. Offense looked good, uh, defense not so much. A lot of people were like crapping on Will Anderson. I just think that Heupel's the way that that game played out. Hi, uh, Hendon Hooker didn't have the ball in his hand for more than like two or three seconds, and they're double teaming Anderson on every play. So, I mean, I thought Will Anderson did did a fine job of you know doing what he doing his best to get to the quarterback, but they just didn't they don't hold on to the ball very long in the backfield. Do you think that the penalties are because of just the team is young, or is Nick Saban not getting through to the team like he normally does in previous years? Mm, I, I think that's a good question. I or do you think, think that they, that just just the atmosphere, just kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The atmosphere forced Alabama into 
you know, these situations where they made a lot of mistakes. I do. I do. I do think it had something to do with being on the road. And that has been one of the ugliest traits of Alabama the past two seasons. I mean, the Texas game was on the road and the environment affected them greatly. That was that was the other game where they had, I think, 13 penalties. And then this one, they had 16 or 17. I don't remember if it was 16 or 17, but I think it was 18. I think the most ever for an Alabama team was either 16 or 17. I think they ended up with 18. I could be wrong. I think it was 16 or 17 in the Texas game. And mm-hmm. then they eclipsed that with yep. whatever in the, in the Tennessee game. I, I, I think it's just that the, the, these Alabama teams aren't used to like a lot of these guys are used to, because most of them are freshmen in that COVID year. They came in where capacity was a quarter of the of the stadium, and then last year they were like hit in the face with holy crap! This is this is what it's like to be in an, in an SEC environment, and then this year that's kind of carried over to where they just haven't quite figured out that. Like, if you looked at those Alabama teams in the early 2010s that were dominant, and even like the the two years 16, 17, 18, all those years. They came into the game and there was they just looked so loose. Like the team as a whole, it didn't matter where they were playing, it didn't matter who they were playing. They looked so loose. And the past two years, when they play in these tight games where they're on the road and a lot of the media is picking the other way, they just play really, really tight. Like they play really tight. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's saving not getting through or if it's just you know, uh, now I'm not an Alabama fan, so I don't I don't watch them like you do. But, you know, that could be a leadership thing from, say, what, Bryce Young or Will Anderson. Maybe they're 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 not leading the team they they should be. They're, maybe they're not getting a hold of the of the rest of the team during the week of practice and allowing them to play loose on Saturday. Maybe that's because of a leadership thing. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, it just it is it. It's crazy to me that there's as much talent on the team as there is. And that I mean, not that. Not that Tennessee's untalented, but if you look at most of the touchdowns that Jalen Hyatt scored, it was a complete blown coverage. And it wasn't like there was even anything special about the routes they were running. It was just, hey, he, there was a little bit of motion on, on an out route with a post and then somebody going on a, on a go route. And the safety just didn't pick up who he was supposed to or there was no communication. And that's one thing that Saban's always been really big on is communication. Now, I did listen to a lot of like the Twitter spaces and stuff and like Christian Miller was on one, Reggie Raglan was on one, like a bunch of former Alabama defensive players and they were all like, yeah, sometimes these losses are a good thing, like they teach a team a lot. I was thinking that the Texas game was going to be the one thing that was like, hey, this is the closest thing we're going to see to a loss this year. You got out, you you had your scare, now you move on and you get better and it just didn't happen. Um, I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of Alabama fans that are complaining about the refs. In the moment, there were there was a uh, there was the I I, I thought that last play with that uh, for the interception that probably would have sealed the deal was not pass interference. Uh, but my ultimate feeling is is you can't put the game 
in the hands of the officials in that situation. When you've had when you have opportunities to beat a team, you've got to beat a team. And when you made a lot of penalties early, you like you can't use the referees as an excuse. You, thank, you can't thank do you. that. Thank, thank a, you, Matt. Thank, a, thank you for saying what that. What a very well thought out and educated thing thank, to say, Matt. Thank, thank, thank you, you so for much saying for that. that. You know, and, and you know what, Matt? I, I appreciate you saying that, and that makes me respect you a whole lot more than I respect a you lot know of what? Georgia fans. You know what, Matt? You know what, Matt? He witnessed that. I don't. When, when do I ever complain I about the I, refs? Did, 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 I, hey, did I say you specifically? Did I say you specifically? <laughs> I said than most Georgia fans. Hey, we're past that now. We have one. We're fine. Georgia's fine. The uh, Matt, you know what? Because of that, how would you feel about going to the Alabama Mississippi State game this weekend? I have an extra ticket. No, I'll be there. I'll still be there Let's this weekend. Go. Yeah. No, I don't actually. Oh. It's I, my extra ticket went to Matt. I was just kidding because that's lame. <laughs> nobody, so, nobody, nobody's he, seen Matt in uh, in like six years. All right, well, I'm about to see him this weekend. <laughs> Thank the Lord, the uh, dude. I, I mean, I thought that game was phenomenal. I mean, I thought both teams looked really good. Honestly, if you watch that game from start to finish, Alabama, in my opinion, outplayed Tennessee. But the mistakes Alabama made with the penalties, the turnovers. I mean, they had. The muff punt, that was one of the worst muff punts I've ever seen in my whole life. It wasn't even really a muff. It was a bounce, and the guy went to go grab it and got pushed off the ball, and Tennessee yeah. recovered it. That was a game-changer, too. Oh, um, yeah. It, and that's that's what I mean is if you watch Alabama play that game, they were coming back from that being down 28-10. to 10. And then went up 49-42. Like, the defense made some stops, but... One more thing before we move on. I in at the it, I said this even in the at the time that it was going down because I was like I just had that gut feeling because I've seen this happen before. I was sitting there thinking, all right, we're in field goal range. Do not give them any time on the clock. Oh yeah, the, I thought the same you thing. The field goal because I, I told I, I said it at least three times. He threw the first pass. I said, all right, you didn't get it run the ball, at least at very minimum, you make them burn all of their timeouts. Then you kick the field goal, and there's no time left. You don't give them any time for any plays whatsoever to get into field goal range, especially if you're all the way on the 35. Like If you're on the 35, that's really just two quick 20-yard plays, and they're in field goal range. Like, Don't let that happen. And Bill O'Brien and Nick Saban – chose to pass I'm gonna say Bill O'Brien that he chose to throw the ball three consecutive times I understand in in theory it was like oh like Jameer Gibbs did drop the second down there was uh second and ten Jameer Gibbs gets hit right in the hands and he if he would have caught that he may have been gone but he at least at least was picking up another 10 yards after the catch so it would have been a 20 yard game but Left them too much time. You can't do that. No, I couldn't believe they did that either. When the, when it was, what was it, 15 seconds or was it 13? That was, it was left. 15 seconds. 15 seconds. There's 15 seconds left. And the way that Tennessee's offense was rolling in the passing game, like you knew if you left them time to kick a field goal, the game was over. Hinton Hooker made Alabama's secondary look like Georgia Southern's, to be honest. I mean, it was bad. They looked awful. Uh, Jalen Hyatt had one of the best games I've ever seen from a wide receiver. He broke the record for most touchdowns in a game. 
uh, for the University of Tennessee, and it was against Alabama, who in reality is really Tennessee's biggest rival. I mean, it's the only rival that can even compete with them on a brand. It's not Alabama's biggest rival, but it's Tennessee's biggest rival. Um, and either way, dude, I mean, Tennessee looks phenomenal. Their offense looks really, really good. Hidden Hooker, I think after this weekend, you got to have him as the Heisman favorite for now. I'm not saying he's going to win it. I would just say coming off of what he's done from the beginning of the season till this game, what he did against Alabama, uh, the way he's in the run game and the passing game just dominated teams. He's got to be, he's got to be there. Um, but yeah, what, what a great game. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed watching Tennessee fans just tear apart the city of Knoxville after the game. Uh, that was so fun to watch. Uh, I was actually in Gatlinburg with some buddies that I met in Nashville when I lived there. And, uh, they were all cheering for Tennessee, and they're all Tennessee fans this year just because they they don't have an SEC team because most of them are from the north. So they just decide they're going to be uh, Tennessee fans since they're kind of rolling and they're kind of the hot team. So they were they were big into it. Uh, tears tears were shed, uh, screams were made. It was it was pretty fun. Oklahoma won this weekend finally. They did look better with Dylan Gabriel too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't really have. Honestly, I don't have much to say. Honestly, like awesome interception. Yeah, it was a really nice interception. I didn't um, even see that. If you'll check the around the keg Instagram, you know. <laughs> um, maybe I did see. That. I feel like, and I tweeted this. I feel like um, the scheme and the coaching is there. We just don't have the players on on defense to execute those that scheme and and the play calling because there there were several opportunities to get interceptions, make tackles for loss. Uh, pass breakups that they just they just can't make those plays. So it's going to take some time to get his players in there and start making the plays and actually have this Oklahoma defense looking pretty good. But, you know, hey, we won. We look good. We played tough football. So it's better than the last week against Texas where it couldn't score any points. Dude, the the, the quarterback gap between Dylan Gabriel and uh, what's his face? Uh, Davis Bevel, I think is his name. <laughs> Yeah, the backup for Oklahoma. Yeah, so oh my, dude, that, that guy, terrible. that guy, he was the third string quarterback at Pitt, and he is our best option if Gabriel's hurt. And obviously, that best option put up zero points. Now, granted, we had the ball in the red zone a couple times during the game, so we could have kicked field goals. But the way the game was going, I mean, you, you might as well just go for it. So it is what it is, man. What we have three losses. We're four and three, four and three. Four and three, yeah. Four and three. Hey, you know, a couple of years from now when they have that twelve-team playoff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, man. <laughs> I, I could be, I could be a lot more upset, but it is what it is. Like, as long as the team plays tough football, I, I really don't. I'm not really going to get too upset about it. Well, and you got to give Kansas credit too. I mean, yeah, o- Kansas is a good football team. Kansas and, is a good football, t- and, the, and the offense is actually pretty solid this year, even yeah. without uh, Jalen Daniels. So. And honestly, we were up thirty-five to. Fourteen at one point. I was gonna say you guys were up big for a second. So we were playing good football. I mean, I think if Gabriel would have played against Texas, the game would have been a lot closer than what it was. I think so too. Um, I think Texas probably still would have won because just they're they're a more complete complete football team. But yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do our pouring out. Lando, you got one? Yeah. So I'm going to start this week by cutting somebody off, and I'm pretty sure our poured went out for him like a couple weeks ago when he won at Kansas. I'm going to cut one off for him this week after what he did yesterday. Bubba Wallace, I'm cutting you off, dude. What you did yesterday, you can't do that, man. What do you do? So, 
Uh, oh, I saw this. They were coming. So he, all right, him and Harvick were racing on the back stretch. Larson makes it three wide going in and turns three and four. Harvick backs out of it. And Larson digs it deep into turn three and slides up the track because, you know, you're carrying a lot of speed in there. And basically, door, jam- uh, door slams Bubba into the wall coming off of four. Bubba doesn't take it kindly and just cuts it all the way to the left and wrecks Larson yeah. hard into the wall, probably about 180 miles an hour. They both stop in the in the, in the uh, middle of the infield. Bubba gets out, throws his hands in the air, and shoves Larson super hard to the car and then keeps he, shoving him. He chased him. him down, didn't he? And, and like Larson's trying to walk away from him. And, and I'm just thinking the entire time, like, man, you, you you spent all this time trying to shut the haters up, and you finally did after you won a race because people thought you had no talent. People thought you were a clown, thought you were a joke, and people just flat out hate him because we all know why. I mean, it's not it's not that hard. And then you go out and do something that you can't do. You do something really stupid by intentionally wrecking a guy and then going out and just basically just, just bullying the, the dude when he's trying to just walk away from you. And you give people who already hate your guts ammunition to just hate your guts even more. And Kyle Larson's a small dude, too. Eh, Bubba's not that big either, but well, still. He, Larson didn't escalate at all. He, he didn't escalate at all. And I'm just like, Bubba, man, like, after what he did yesterday, there's no way he's going to be able to uh, recover this and have a good career. His career's over. Oof. It's over. After after yesterday, he, 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 can't, re- he can't rebound from this. It's over. Called out. It's over. You, <laughs> you, you can't do that. So I'm cutting Bubba off. It's, honestly, it's kind of sad. So... Going to pour one out for the Georgia weather. It's been really nice. I'm it's not, been awesome. I'm, I'm not going to go sports later. I'm going to go with the Georgia weather. <laughs> yeah, you're not it's like it's that actually tomorrow. been really great. It's been really nice today. It was really nice outside. The it's weekend was really nice. 30 degrees tomorrow. Well, I mean, it's, well, it's supposed to be a little warmer. Is warm it really supposed though. to be 30 degrees? In the Fine. morning, it's probably going to be better. Give me some, I mean, me some cool days, man. Usually, because usually when you get up in the morning, it's like in the 50s, like low 50s, yeah. maybe. maybe. Like you might want to wear a sweatshirt. And, man, I got up this morning, what? I left the house at six thirty, and it was fifty-seven degrees outside. Yeah, it's been seventy all day. Yeah, so hey, Georgia weather, I'm pouring out for you, um, Matt. You go. You know, I'm gonna pour one out for. I'm gonna go down to the amateur level and pour one out for Georgia high school football because the high school football scene in this state is unbelievable. Last Friday night, you had Buford and Mill Creek playing in a game that had, I think, five of the top three hundred players in the country. On it, Justice Haynes for Buford absolutely went off. Uh, Kirby was at the game. I think that they said in total there were 17 Division One coaches uh, scouting just that one game. Uh, people flying in on helicopters, doing the whole nines. You know, everybody always talks about Texas. Everybody talks about Florida. Everybody talks about California uh, with the amount of talent that comes out of there. And – just consistently, Georgia is putting out some absolute stud football players uh, and athletes. So pouring one out for Georgia high school football because there's not a lot of places that you can go where you get to watch those kind of athletes. And uh, this week, I am cutting off undisciplined football, both Alabama and Jacksonville. The Jacksonville Jaguars are abysmal to watch. I don't know why I punished myself by watching them ever. Uh, and Alabama just played so undisciplined on Saturday, and it, it was painful to watch. I'm all for, you know, 
I, I need an old school saving like meltdown in the locker room or something. Whatever it takes to get these guys on track. If he's got to go, if I, it means that somebody's got to go start sacrificing goats, by all means, be my guest. Sacrifice some goats. We got to we got to figure this thing out and quit playing undisciplined football. It's all good though. Destiny is still in control by us. So went out and we'll be just fine. Went. Well, Matt, I'm hoping they sacrifice some cows that me and you can consume on the uh, tailgate squad. What is it? The quad? Is that what they call it? The quad, yeah. The quad. No, I'm, can, I'm, I'm in. Consume on the quad. Um, I'm hoping we can uh, find a nice little tailgate to partake in. I'm not sure exactly what the plan is because I'm, I'm kind of in the mercy of uh, my friends that gave us the season tickets to go. But either way, I am pouring one out for Tennessee fans. Uh, I hate Tennessee fans. They are awful. They are so annoying on Twitter, in person. When Tennessee is good, they are probably the most aggravating fan base in college football. But beating Alabama after 15 years of losing in Neyland Stadium, uh, breaking down the goalposts, carrying them through the bars to the river, throwing it in the river, breaking it up, giving it to fans. Uh, Morgan Wallen playing live shows downtown. Peyton Manning hanging out with people in the bars. I mean, what an atmosphere! I, uh, I, you know, and it's really funny because our uh, Matt's brother-in-law and one of our best friends went to the game by himself, just just to go. Literally, it has no affiliation to Tennessee, no affiliation to Alabama whatsoever, besides that he's Matt's brother-in-law, um, and just decided to go because he wanted to go see. What a norm! What just a college game day in Neyland Stadium would be like, and he went to probably what is going to be the best game of the entire season, and easily the best atmosphere, one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen. Um, so Tennessee fans, pour one out for you guys. You did a great job of making Saturday exciting, uh, giving us something to root for outside of, especially as a Georgia fan. You know, Georgia played Vanderbilt. I wasn't that intrigued in that game. So Alabama, t- Tennessee kept my day bright. Uh, tons of people were into it. Lots of fun. Pour one out for y'all. Um, and I have two cut them offs this week. Number one, cutting off the Braves for just an absolute piss poor performance in the divisional championship. Uh, losing to the Phillies in four games, only taking one at home, not even getting back for game five. Uh, and honestly, we're not even really being competitive whatsoever in the games. Uh, the Braves lost. So, uh, Definitely cutting off the Braves. I think next year is going to be better. I'm not, you know, I'm not out on the Braves. I still think, uh, you know, dominating the division, seeing the Mets lose early in the wild card, seeing the uh, the Dodgers get put out by the Padres. All that's fun. All that's nice. But uh, definitely wish the Braves would have at least won one series in the playoffs and potentially gotten back to a World Series. Would have been cool to see. Uh, and I'm also pouring off doing anything on a fall Saturday. Because college football is just too much fun to not sit down and watch all day. I was in Gatlinburg, had a great time, uh, but you know, people want to go play golf. People wanted to go to breakfast, want to go downtown, go to breweries, go to the moonshine tastings. I just wanted to watch football. I did not give a crap about all the touristy stuff. I wanted to hang out at the house. I wanted to grill out. I wanted to play cornhole. I wanted to sit in the hot tub later on that night once it got cold. And I wanted to drink lots and lots of beer, and I wanted to watch college football. And that's mostly what we did. We went out to some breweries, 
did some stuff, watched the game the first half downtown, uh, went shopping, which was terrible. I had to watch. I watched the entire third quarter of the game on my phone walking around downtown Gatlinburg. Um, so I'm cutting off doing stuff on Saturdays. No more of that, especially fall weddings. I know we talk about it every Yeah, I was, I was at a wedding. Everybody no, was watching on the phone. No the fall time. weddings, please. Oh, my gosh. You were just ruining people. No. The bride and groom kept checking the phones, too. They, were, <laughs> they kept coming over to our tables. Keys, you pour one out for all right, I'm pouring one out for the power of Paulson. I wish so bad I could have been down at Georgia Southern this weekend. It looked like an awesome game. Uh, I know my roommate Austin went down there. Um, great for great for Georgia Southern to get out the win again. Uh, top 25 team coming into Paulson. They don't do well unless they're BYU. They so, don't count. No, they don't count. Independents don't count. So, uh, yeah, good, good for uh, Georgia Southern. And I will be cutting off GoFundMe pages. What's with uh, Tennessee's? AD asking for money to get new yeah, goalposts. Well, and they bought the goalposts last week in in thinking there was a good chance that Tennessee would win the game and the fans would just tear down the field. So the, I, I, I like why. the I like that video. It cuts to the president up in the box. He's smoking a cigar and they're like, How much is that gonna cost? He's like, Who cares? We'll do this every year. Yeah, I thought that and was And then awesome. the A D tweets out, Yeah, it was fun, guys, but how about uh helping us chip in for a new set of goalposts so we can play next week? I'm like, I'm sure you'll you'll fort the cash. You got a hundred and fifty well, million dollars. Tennessee so- hasn't had a top ten recruiting class in a while, so I think trying to get the NIL I mean, NIL money. I guess if you can get the money from the fans, why wouldn't you? But I mean I think he was just trying to take advantage you of know, the the hype from that game Saturday. Yeah, which was genius. You know what? Speaking of Tennessee, the but Tennessee annoying. game and all the hype around that, can I just say I'll throw a little poor one out for Pat McAfee, man. I, what a great addition to College Game Day. Oh, uh, he's been phenomenal. He's been hilarious. He's been you know got a lot more energy than uh, old Lee Corso does. Dude, him and Peyton Manning conducting Rocky Top with the Tennessee band on College Game Day, so funny, was awesome. So that was good. really cool. Him doing the backflip into yeah. or doing a flip into the into the river, amazing. Uh, definitely a great addition. Pat McAfee, if you haven't listened to the Pat McAfee show, is outstanding. He's just an outstanding personality. Like I remember whenever he was in the NFL still and he was like he decided that he was gonna retire to pursue a career in comedy. I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. No, that dude, he is awesome. His personality is perfect for college game day, and he's kind of rejuvenating it. Like a lot of yeah. people had kind of gotten to the point, like, even I found myself where like only reason I watched college game day was because of the nostalgia that I got every Saturday morning of waking up in elementary and middle and high school and to see who Lee Corso was going to pull out and put on his head. And that's kind of like, I don't know. It's just not the same anymore. You could tell Lee Corso has lost to beat Pat McAfee's awesome. Yeah. It's a good show now. It's like an entertaining, good pregame. show. I can honestly say I have probably watched college game day once this year. You should watch it. It's entertaining. Pat, Pat McAfee could not be a better replacement for Lee Corso because that's coming. I mean, they still have Lee on there a little bit, but he, he should really just kind of be done as much as I love Lee. Or at least just do headgear. Yeah, just pull the old man out, wheel him out there for yeah. the headgear, <laughs> and then and wheel him back out. But anyway, let's move on to our locks of the week. Lando, you got a lock this week? Uh, nope, because I didn't look. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Matt, what about you? You going to lock this week? God dang it. You you already picked the LSU Ole Miss game. All right. You take it, uh, take it, take it. You have better insight on Ole Miss than I do. I'm up for kicks and gigs. I'm going to flip it on wit. I'm going to go Ole Miss over LSU in Baton Rouge. Uh, I know that, that really and truly, I don't know why, 
I have a deep suspicion that this is the this is going to be almost his first loss of the season, uh, especially as bad as their run defense, Auburn, Auburn, whose offense had been god awful coming into last week's game, ended up running for I don't know how many yards. I think like 300 yards on uh, on on Ole Miss. They scored 34 points. Ole Miss's defense really regressed. Uh, Jackson Dart missed a couple of wide open touchdowns. His play has been eh. Uh, I mean, I still think he's done well for a first year starter. Uh, going into Baton Rouge is a tough place to play, and especially with the rivalry between Ole Miss and LSU. I never really knew that that was a big rivalry until met my wife's family and then actually going to school and like talking to people at Ole Miss, it, it, they hate each other. So I'm going to go uh, Ole Miss in a nail biter wins this one by three in Baton Rouge. Quit. All right. So typically my lock of the week is really more of an upset pick. Um, That's just kind of how I like to roll with it this week. I don't really see a, Good upset. Like, there's a couple that are, like, maybe UCLA over over Oregon, but it's a six-point spread. It's not like that's a big upset or anything. So, I'm going to roll with Penn State over Minnesota. Penn State coming off the loss to Michigan. Uh, Michigan pretty much steamrolled them. They dominated the entire game from start to finish. Sean Clifford looks terrible. He's just not a good quarterback. Um, their run game is pretty solid. Uh, Singleton's pretty good. Uh, the five-star freshman. I think they're going to have a really good game against Minnesota. I don't really think Minnesota's that good. I think they've been overrated just due to the fact of the Big Ten West being so down this year. I mean, the fact that Illinois is the best team in the West is just sad. Uh, Wisconsin's down. Iowa's way down. Purdue looks like they might be getting some kind of momentum going, but they started off really bad too. Uh, Northwestern looks terrible. Nebraska's terrible. Um, so I think Penn State's going to roll over Minnesota. Plus, this is Penn State's whiteout game this year. They're whiting out Minnesota of all teams, and they play Ohio State at home. Uh, so I'm more so picking this game just to throw shade to the fact that Penn State's dumb enough to make this their whiteout game. It, it might be because of TV schedule, because I think the Penn State Ohio State games at noon. But even so, like I would do whatever I could to make that game a night game and a whiteout game every time they play Ohio State. Concerning that's the only time they've beaten him in the past 10 years in 2016. Uh, but yeah, Penn State over Minnesota. Keys, who's your lock this week? All right, I'm staying rolling with Georgia Southern. Two-point favorite over Old Dominion. They're coming out of this win over James Madison. I think that they can probably keep this rolling a little bit. It is a home game for for Old Dominion, and Old Dominion's been pretty good this year. I'll, get, I'll give it to Georgia Southern by a field goal. Jumping right into our first pick of the week, uh, thanks to Keesler, we have Georgia Southern at Old Dominion. Lando, who are you liking this one? Old Dominion is actually a pretty good football team, but I'm going to go with Georgia Southern, obviously. Shocker. I never pick against Georgia Southern. I don't think I have once, actually. Have I, don't, I? I don't think you have either, since yeah. we've done the Even show. Even out of, just out of principle, because there have been some times where it's... Yeah, there's, so. been a couple, <laughs> there's been a couple you probably should have. Not going to start now. Hey, Georgia Southern consistency matt what do you think i feel the hangover coming for the eagles i think that was a big win last week it was also in paulson stadium i think they keep it close but i think old dominion might get the better of the eags uh george southern's defense is just very suspect 
So I'm going to go Old Dominion by three. I'm going Georgia Southern. I'm going Georgia Southern because I think there's actually a pretty decent chance Georgia Southern could win the Sun Belt this year. Bold take. Bold take. couple good teams. App State's played pretty well. Coastal just lost their first game this year. I get it. There's some good teams. Georgia Southern, I think Georgia Southern's offense is better than any other offense in the Sun Belt. I really do. The defense is bad, but the offense is really solid. The defense is bad, but improving, which doesn't say much, but they're improving. Um, and Old Dominion, I think they're a good team, but this is also, they're, this is their first year in the Sun Belt. Um, I just don't see them doing that well. So I, I, I'm going to take Georgia Southern. Van Trees goes for another 400-yard game. Probably throws six interceptions, but 10 touchdowns. Sounds sounds about right for him. And I'm uh, moving on to our first game of the week. We got number 14, Syracuse, at number five, Clemson. Clemson is a 13.5-point favorite against undefeated Syracuse. Lando, he got... Mm. Where's this game being played? Clemson. Clemson. I'm going to go with Clemson. I was going to say, if it was in the, what's it, the Carrier Dome? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, if it was at Syracuse, I'd go with Syracuse, but it's in Clemson, so I think Clemson's going to win that. Yeah, I'm going to go Clemson as well, but give me give me the give me the 13 and a half points. I am I feel like that's a big spread against the Syracuse team that's pretty good and it's a noon kick. So, even though it's in Clemson, noon kick, undefeated Syracuse coming off a good win against NC State. Give me NC or uh, give me Syracuse to cover, Clemson wins. With See, I am more on Lando's side here. I, I just don't really think Syracuse is that good. Good on them for being undefeated. Uh, the way they've been the past couple years with Babers, it looked like he was kind of coming to an end there. Um, but they've done a good job. They've won six games. But either way, I mean, look, they've played Louisville. They've beaten UConn. They've beaten Purdue. They only beat them by three. They only beat Virginia by two. Uh, they played Wagner, and they played NC State. Their best win is against NC State, and NC State lost their quarterback for the season before that game. Uh, which completely took the wind out of their sails. And it was in the Carrier Dome. Clemson's been playing very well. They look a lot better than they were last year. The offense looks a lot better. DJU looks a lot better. Um, so I'm going to take Clemson. I think they win pretty easily. I think this is Clemson's big game where they say, screw you guys, we're a top four team. Quit thinking we're not. Because they keep putting up at five. And I understand them and Michigan kind of going back and forth. But I think right now, I think Clemson's a top four team. Moving on to our next game, we got number 17, Kansas State, taking on number eight and undefeated number one in the Big 12, TCU. TCU is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Lando, what do you think about this one? You said this is K-State and TCU? Mm-hmm. K-State, and I think, uh, what's his face, uh, Martinez? Yeah, Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez is going to have a big day, so I'm going to go with K-State. Matt. Going TCU, I think the Horn Frogs keep rolling. This game's in Dallas. Uh, Horn Frogs escaped last week against a good Oklahoma State team, so I really do think that uh, they keep the they keep the train rolling against the Kansas State Wildcats. And TCU is going to be making a push for a uh, for a Big Twelve championship this year. Yeah. Matt, I'm with you, man. I think TCU is a good team this year. I honestly think TCU has a very solid chance at going to the playoff, which I did not think whatsoever coming in this year at all. Uh, I was a big fan of the Sonny Dykes hire. I thought it was a good hire. 
I didn't think it was a great hire. Um, and so far, I mean, he's really been, if you look at all the, the guys that got hired last year, in year one specifically, he's been the best hire. Obviously, there's a lot of things that can change going in the next couple of years. But, I mean, what he's done with the guys that TCU had, which really wasn't that much either. I mean, Max Duggan was a guy that he didn't even start the season this year. And uh, the last couple of years, he's been the starter, hasn't done anything spectacular, hasn't even really been that good. And honestly, right now, he's playing like a Heisman contender. So I think TCU rolls. I think they keep rolling. The only loss I could see for them the rest of the season is Texas. That's the only team. And even still, I mean, I think they're better than Texas right now, too. So I'm going to keep rolling with TCU. Moving on to the college game day game and uh, the Pac-12 game of the week. We got number nine, UCLA, taking on number 10, Oregon. Uh, UCLA rolling in undefeated. Oregon, the one loss to Georgia, and that's it. Oregon is a six-point favorite at home. I think UCLA is an interesting case because they've kind of overachieved this year from what I expected them to do. Chip Kelly was like kind of on the hot seat coming into the year. They didn't really know what was going to happen with, with him. Dorian Thompson Robinson has been really, really good this year. Uh, he's progressed very well. The offense looks good. UCLA has played really well. But Eugene, Oregon is not a nice place to play. Uh, Autzen is known for having one of the loudest stadiums uh, in the country, out of, even for it to not be an SEC team, a Pac-12 team. Uh, that that environment's really cool. Uh, I think UCLA blows a late lead. Oregon wins this one in a tight one. See, so far, I think UCLA has been the best team in the Pac-12. They look phenomenal. Running game looks really good. Uh, DTR, quarterback for UCLA, looks phenomenal. Chip Kelly has done a really, really good job with UCLA. But I'm with Matt in the fact that Oregon, Autzen Stadium, that's a really tough environment, really tough place to play. Um, a lot of people that have actually gone there and gotten to experience it put that put it in their top 10, uh, like toughest places to play. I've never been there. I can't attest to that. But the way that Bo Nix has been playing, the way the offense has kind of turned around, um, granted, Oregon's not played the best schedule since Georgia, but they are playing really well. So I think Oregon pulls the upset. I think this is one of UCLA's only losses this year. I don't think they lose more than two. Um, so I'm going to say this one. I think UCLA might lose to USC down the road. I don't know where that game's played. Either way, they're both in LA anyway. But regardless, I'm going to take Oregon. I think Bo Nix has a big day. I'm going to go with UCLA. Yeah, I'm going to go with UCLA. It's a good pick. They're a good team, man. They're another team, too, that I could I could see them going undefeated and making the playoff. They're that good. They've looked great. Um, and then moving on to our, what I say is our Big 12 game of the week. We got 20, Texas, taking on number 11, Oklahoma State, coming off the phenomenal, phenomenal loss to TCU. One of the better games I've seen, um, and I didn't even watch it live. I went back and watched it yesterday. What a game. That was a phenomenal game. Uh, for number one on the Big 12, Oklahoma State is a six-point favorite, or no. Yeah, I think they're a six-point favorite. I think I wrote it down wrong. Either way, they're playing at Oklahoma State. Uh, should be a good one. Lando, who you got in this one? Pokes. I'm going to go with the Pokes. Also, I kind of want Oklahoma State to be, you know, kicking on all cylinders when Bedlam comes around, so that way we can beat them and, and ruin their season. You so. can't pick Texas, can you? Nope. <laughs> not not with the life of me. I can't. Can't do it. I get it. Never will. I get it. Matt, what do you think? 
Texas is actually a six-point favorite in this game. Oh, so I was right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Oklahoma State's a six-point dog, and that's exactly what I'm going to go with, man. I know that Texas was probably feeling a little hungover from the Texas State Fair Red River rivalry the week before, but look, man, like Iowa State, to me, has not shown me anything that they should have even been competing with with Texas. Uh, Iowa State's defense has played pretty good all year, but come on, like that. To me, that was a game that's just screamed uh, hangover for Texas. And I think that Oklahoma State is going to be coming out firing uh, on all cylinders after that loss against uh, TCU, where for a minute there, they really they had TCU on the ropes and easily could have gone the other way. So I'm going with the Pokes. I think the Pokes beat Texas. It's uh, in Stillwater. So uh, give me give me the uh, give me the Pokes. Not only do I think Texas is going to beat Oklahoma State, I think Texas is going to beat Oklahoma State bad, even in Oklahoma State. Both these teams are pretty good. My biggest problem with Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders, he's been playing well, but he's I just still I'm I don't really buy him. I don't buy him in the passing game. He's a good runner. Oklahoma State every single year seems to have a newfound run game. Um it's always somebody new. This year their defense is awful. Their defense is really really bad. They're giving up over 430 yards a game of offense. 300 of that is coming in the air. Uh Quinn Ewers healthy. Xavier Worthy's playing. Those receivers are really stepping up for Texas. I think this does not play in Oklahoma State's favor whatsoever. So I'm going to take Texas. I think Texas wins by at least 15 points. It might even be more than that. I could see them winning by three or four touchdowns. I'm not even kidding. Then moving on to what I'm calling the game of the week, mostly because me and Matt will be there enjoying ourselves in good old Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, Number 25, Mississippi State. Heads in to take on the Tide. Number six, Alabama. Alabama is a 21-point favorite. Coming off the loss to Tennessee. Lando, what you got in this one? Hmm. Going to go up. Yeah, so you, you, and, you and Matt are going, right? Do what? So you and Matt are going in this game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with Mississippi State. Ooh, upset. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. Huh? Yeah, I like Mississippi State. Why not? I will say I'm more nervous about this game than I have been the past couple of years just because the way that Leach has been running the offense this year, they're running the ball a little bit more. However, that being said, uh, Mississippi State didn't look very good against Kentucky this past week. Um, offense didn't look like it was connecting, and it was a, it was a such a typical Mike Leach team thing to do to go blow out Texas A&M, and then it was like, all right, well, when, when's the letdown game? And last week was the letdown game. I think they're, that Alabama, the way that Alabama's defense is built, is built to play well against teams like what Mike Leach likes to do on offense. Uh, what Alabama's defense is not very good at is stopping Hendon Hilker from throwing the ball. So – uh, I'm going to go Alabama. I actually think we cover this week. This should be, in my opinion, uh, a, a blowout uh, of epic proportions. I know Mississippi State's a pretty good team. They're better than I've given them credit for. for uh, but homecoming, 
I'm gonna be there. We're gonna be there. Tide, the tide are gonna, the tide's gonna roll. I can't see Mississippi State ending up winning this game, mostly because it's a night game in Tuscaloosa. Alabama's coming off losing to Tennessee for the first time in 15 years. Saban's team had the most penalties that a Saban team has ever had. Not even just Alabama. Literally just any team has ever coached. And uh, and like I said, Tuscaloosa, big-time environment, homecoming game. Uh, this game is going to be really special for like the seniors and everybody. So I think Alabama wins, but 21 points is a lot based on the fact that Tennessee took advantage of Alabama because of the passing game. So Mississippi State coming in. Mississippi State does nothing but throw the ball. They're throwing for 333 yards a game. Bama's secondary has not looked that good. Um, the reason I think Bama wins, besides the fact that the atmosphere is going to be really good, is Jameer Gibbs. Mississippi State's given up over 150 yards on the ground. Uh, it, Alabama's running the ball for, I think they're averaging it's like 237 or something. Something crazy. Um, and a lot of that's coming from Gibbs. So I think Gibbs has a career day. Um, this might be a good time for him to put his name on the Heisman charts, uh, as I think he should have been for pretty much the entire season. Dude's an absolute stud. Uh, so I'm going to go Alabama, but I think Mississippi State covers the 21. And I am excited. Looking forward to being back in Tuscaloosa. It's always uh, always great to be be back home. Yeah. Even though it was never really home for me. But yeah. it is always going to be home for me. Well, that's our show. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Before you guys log off today, please don't forget to drop us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on our Instagram and TikTok at Around the Keg and on Twitter at Around the Keg Pod. If you'd like to help support future episodes, please click the support link in the description of today's episode or check out our merch at AroundTheKeg.com. Send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Have a great week. See y'all.